this, this message today is, is titled Bliss. This whole sermon series is titled Bliss in the, in the uh, arena of marital bliss. Good, good. And so I didn't know if some of y'all were sitting out there going, who is bliss? I don't even know who bliss is. So, so we're going to talk about uh, bliss. Bliss means peacefulness. It means, um, it means uh, 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 a euphoria, a happiness, a fulfillment, a sense of contentment. And we want you to have that in your marriage. Now, here's how my stories about the uh, Community Crisis Center and the Trans Center have anything to do with marriage. Here's how it ties in. Because if you're not going to serve your spouse then you're not going to have marital bliss. If you're not going to serve, if you're not going to minister, who, who was the greatest example of serving? The Lord Jesus. And, and there are many places in the Bible where we see him serving. In, in, um, in John 13, he put on a towel and, and he got on his knees and washed the feet of people he created. So Jesus did that as a what to us? An example to us to serve. And a lot of people look at that and they go, okay. It's amazing how we just take something and just go crazy legalistic with it. Okay, so Jesus, what did he do? He got some water, he got this pan, he girded himself with a towel. So we need to do that every Sunday. And listen, and, and I've been in services where that was actually what we did. But do you know what Jesus was teaching there? Servanthood. To serve one another. Everybody say, it's not about me. Now, some of y'all said that, and you didn't know what you was about to say, and if you'd known it, you wouldn't have said it. But I'm telling you, it's not about you. You say, well, I'm going to tell you something. Only if you don't ring your bell, nobody's going to ring it for you. Make sure you know, you just make sure people know what I'm doing and what I'm Listen, let me tell you something. The Bible talks about promotion. The Bible talks about you getting your recognition. But the Bible says you get your recognition the exact opposite way the world tells you to get recognition. I believe it's in Psalm 90 or 91, somewhere in the 90s. Here's what it says. Listen, because I didn't plan to preach on this. You know, have you ever noticed the stuff I didn't plan to preach on? Sometimes that's my best stuff. There's a lot you could say right there. Don't say it. <laughs> um, it says that promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south. So what direction is left out there? The north. So promotion comes from the north. Now, when you study what Jesus did on the day he was crucified, he took on his shoulder the old rugged cross and went through the north gate, and that north gate was called the gate of sacrifice. He went through the north gate of sacrifice. Well, when you go to the book of Philippians, I believe it's in chapter 2, it says, since he humbled himself to the death of the cross. So y'all with me? Since he what? Everybody said, since he humbled himself, therefore he has been promoted and given a 
name, everybody, come on, a name above all names. So Jesus' promotion of being given that name above all names did not come because he paraded himself before the world and said, I'm here, you know, uh, give me the recognition I'm due. Jesus was promoted because of his humility, because of his humbleness. Some of you who are so afraid, nobody's going to notice what you're doing. You're so afraid nobody's going to notice at work what you're doing. You're so afraid nobody's going to notice in church what you're doing. You're so afraid in your home they don't recognize what you're doing. Let me tell you what you do. Do whatever you do as if you're doing it for Jesus. And don't worry about the recognition. If my Bible don't lie, and so far, 55 years old, been serving God since I was seven years old, came out of a life of deep sin. I was stealing candy from other children. It was terrible. And so I came, I came to Christ at the age of seven. I'm not saying all children can do that, but I grew up in a Christian home, so the gospel message was put in me very early. I understood I needed Jesus. The Bible's never in all that time lied to me. Not one time. There's not a single promise in the Bible that I've ever read to me that's ever been broken. Not one time. So if God tells me, Pharaoh, if you'll humble yourself and just serve as if you're serving me. I mean, even in my secular job, if I had a secular job, serve on that secular job with humility and serve as if you're serving me. I'm going to tell you what, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because your boss might be here. But some of you all are like, man, I'm working in a hellacious place. I'm working in a hellacious place. Maybe you are. And, 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 you know, I'm not saying you don't stand up for yourself, and I'm not saying you're a doormat, and I'm not preaching that today. But I'll tell you what you do. You work in that job as if you're working for God. It's in the Scriptures. It's in the Word of God. That you work and you do and you submit as if you're submitting to Jesus, and you do your best, and you don't cause trouble, and you keep quiet, and you do it as if doing it under the Lord, and you give God all the glory and thank Him for that job, and thank Him for the provision of that paycheck, and thank Him for that hellacious boss. That part's going to be hard, but really try to do that. And I'm telling you what God will do He'll either change the environment you're in, or He'll get you out of it. But whining isn't going to help you. Amen, amen? You say, how do you know, Pastor? Because I tried that. Still do once in a while. Get out my violin, you know, talk about sad things. Did, that, did any of that make any sense? So, so that's who we want to be as a church. We want to go into the community crisis center. We want to go into the trans center. We want to go to the soup kitchen. We want to hook up with whoever we can, the Red Cross, and there are a lot of other, the prisons. But we just want to come in and say, we want to serve. We just want to serve you. Listen, you say, no, man, you know, sometimes, you know, when you go out there on the base, they won't even let you talk about Jesus. Well, why don't you just go be Jesus? Why don't you quit worrying about talking about Jesus and just go on base and be Jesus and let people see Jesus in you. He, do you know Jesus can take care of himself? 
If you just go on that base, and we, I mean, we've had singers that we wanted to go on base and sing, but the base people said, look, you can't get up there and preach, and you can't get up there and sing songs, because we just, you know, if we start supporting one religion, we don't have to have all the other. And so the singers go, oh, I'll tell you, if I can't sing about Jesus, I'm not going up there. Why don't you just go love on somebody? Because I know a lot of people who want to talk about Jesus, but they sure don't act much like Jesus. That blessed me right there, and I'm the one who said it. Sometimes my preaching blesses me. You say, well, maybe it'll start blessing me one day. Okay. Um, let me just talk to you about this sermon, then we're going to go through it quickly. I only have 10 points today. Seriously. You always need to get a snack. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. Okay. Um, Thursday night at the bridge in Goldsboro, Scott Jennings. We love Scott and Sherry. Amen. Thank God for Scott and Sherry. All right. Scott and Sherry, uh, or Scott, preached a message that every one of you need to hear. So what we're going to do, when we make up the, um, the CD album of this series, Scott's sermon Thursday night will be sermon number one. Now, I thought that what I was going to do was kind of, Scott and I had talked about it, and he was going to preach that passage, that same scripture, and then I was going to take it and preach it, you know, and, and we were going to kind of preach the same sermon, but God wouldn't let me do that. So Scott's sermon Thursday night is sermon one. This is sermon number two. So you need to get Scott's message, and it'll be online. You'll be able to hear it. Uh, we got the audio part of it, and that's really the most important part because Scott really ain't that easy to look at anyway. So you'll be able to hear it. I think he's watching online this morning. God bless you, Scott. I love you, man. Okay. Um, so, so what I want to talk to you about today may throw you for a little bit of a loop. Um, I'm not here to talk to you about how to make your marriage better. I mean, I'm going to say some things in here today that are going to help your marriage, but I want to talk to you about helping other people with their marriage. Now, last week, we had some unusual things happen in our altar. And I'm going to talk about that, and I'm going to preach on that, and I'm going to teach on that. This summer, I'm going to do a series of messages entitled Immersed. And I'm going to talk to you about some of the things that Lee uh, taught about last weekend. So don't freak out about that. I know some of y'all saw some stuff yet never seen. We're, we're going we're gonna to teach about that. And, and there's a reason for that. There's a very, very important reason for that. And the basic reason is we can't do anything we do in this church without the power of God. We've got to have the power of God. So I'm going to be teaching on that. Um, the thing that has hurt the church so much, though, is that we have services like we had last Sunday, but it doesn't translate into our lifestyle. And so people aren't, People aren't attracted to a move of God in their life because they see people who have that and then they live their life just like everybody else does. So we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit upon you to minister. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will minister because of it. You will witness. You will 
go out into the darkness and the reason he said I'm giving you the Holy Spirit is so you can go out into the world and let your light shine he said in John 16 the Holy Spirit will come and when the Holy Spirit comes he will make you not talk about the Holy Spirit he will make you talk about me Jesus said the power of the Holy Spirit on your life is to make you talk about Jesus Jesus is Messiah I challenge you not now but go home today and read those first verses of John 16 and just read what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. We're going to get into that. So what we want to talk about today is serving, but you can't serve out of a vacuum. You've got to serve out of, out of the power of God, especially the work of God has to be done out of the power of God. Are you all with me? Let, let me give you an example. Uh, we, we know the parable of the ten virgins, and they did not have oil in their lamp. Let's look at an oil lamp. Some of you campers and some of you other people, uh, some of you old people. Remember when, uh, when uh, maybe you, you even, your house was lit with oil lamps. Or instead of having a flashlight back in the day, you, you lit an oil lamp and went outside, you know. There's some people here, I'm sure, who remember that. But you had to make sure there was oil in that lamp because the wick would burn up if you didn't have oil and, and the wick would be ruined. And that's what happens to us. We're like that wick. If we don't have the Holy Spirit in us, then we're working out of our own energy. And after a while, we burn out. So we got to keep our lamps full of oil. And that oil is the Holy Spirit. Is anybody hearing me in here this morning? Okay. So, so we're going to talk about that today, and we're going to talk about serving. Now, let's go to the Bible. I love the Bible. Y'all like the Bible? Let's go to the Bible. Hebrews, one verse today, just one verse. Hebrews 13, 16. This verse is so powerful. Look what it says. And I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. It doesn't say that he did, but the writing style looks like it was Paul. So if you think it was somebody else... Other than Paul, just come up to me after the service and I'll forgive you. Okay, here we go. So he's talking to Christians. So in essence, he's talking to who? Us. So he says, bridge church, the bridge, do not forget. Everybody say, do not forget. So he don't want us to forget this. Don't forget this. Don't forget what? Look at the next three words. Don't forget, everybody said out loud, to do good and what? He says, I know you love me. I know you seek the Holy Spirit. I know you want the power of God in your life. And he says, I'm ready to pour out my spirit upon you. But you can't, there's something you can't forget. You cannot forget to do good with what I give you. You cannot forget to what? Share for with such sacrifices. How many of you know it's a sacrifice to serve? It's a sacrifice. Our choir up here, just for an example, our worship team, our choir, they're, they're practicing hours. They're out here early on the Sundays. There are little sacrifices we have to make to serve. Look, we got people who get here on Sunday morning. I don't know how early they get here. Because I'm still in my prayer time. But the, I know we have some out here at 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, getting ready for you to come, making, come on, that word out right there, making what for you? 
sacrifices. It's a sacrifice to serve. I've got to tell you all this funny story. Millie, my wife Millie, went with the prison ministry team yesterday. Now, now when she heard that they were going to serve lunch, she said, I, I want to go help them serve lunch. Then Pastor Jimmy told her she needed to be at the church at 5.30 or something like that. 5, 6.30, 6, something like that. Well, Millie don't even know what that looks like. She's never been awake at that time of the day. <laughs> she don't even know what 5.30 in the morning looks like. She's never seen it. And plus, she's not a morning person. How many of y'all went to the prison ministry thing yesterday? Just raise your hand. Just give me a wave out there. Amen. I want to apologize to y'all for anything Millie said before 10 o'clock. <laughs> It's not, she's not a morning person, and her, neither is her husband. However, her husband looks beautiful in the morning, just like he does in the afternoon. So, <laughs> plus he's very humble. And so, for, for such sacrifice, so Millie, I'm telling y'all right now, I don't know for y'all who went, if it was a sacrifice for you, it was a sacrifice for Miss Millie. It was a sacrifice, because she told me several times, what a sacrifice it was for her. <laughs> Here's my point. When you say, I'm not going to just be a sponge to take what God has for me, but I'm going to be a blessing to somebody, it's going to be inconvenient. When you say, I'm going to serve in the nursery, it's inconvenient. When you say, I'm going to serve in kids' church, it, there's going to be inconveniences. When you say, I'm going to go on an outreach venture with Pastor Jimmy, it's going to be inconvenient. I mean, when you're at the trans center sweating and helping kids, you could be at Starbucks sipping on coffee and listening to the music. And so you decided to sacrifice that downtime and go serve somebody. I'm just telling you, it's a sacrifice. We're not going to blow smoke here when we ask you to step up and serve and volunteer. It's a sacrifice. So, but God says, don't forget to do good. And don't forget to share, for with such sacrifices, I love the last part, that makes it all worth it, don't it? Because God is what? He's pleased. Now, if you please God, it don't matter who you don't please. And if you don't please God, it doesn't matter who you do please. So I'm, I'm going to please God. You know what I found out? You say, you know, when you please God, people talk about you. You know what I found out? People are going to talk about you, Period. So you might as well just please God. Amen? Amen. So let's talk about you being a counselor. Every person in this building this morning knows somebody in marital trouble. Every one of you. Now we got a staff here at this church and we've got uh, Scott and Sherry and the, you know I don't know many churches that have a full-time staff person that's just here to minister to people in their marriage. But we do. This church offers you that. Now, the reason we offer you that is because of your generosity. When you give and you pay your tithe and you give to the church, we're going to bring in, we're going to pray over that money that you give and that I give and Jim Gilligan gives and the staff gives because we all give into the, into the pot here at the church. Then we're going to pray over that and say, God, what do we need most? And we felt like when Scott and Sherry came along that that was not a coincidence. We felt like that was a God thing. 
So Scott and Sherry worked for nothing for a while. They worked part-time for a while, and now Scott is full-time. Sherry works at Mount Olive College, but she is a definite partner with Scott in this ministry. So I don't know many churches that have that uh, available, but we do here. But I want to tell you that there are people in marital trouble this morning that aren't going to talk to me. Some of them will, but a lot of them aren't going to talk to me. I got news for you. There's some of them who aren't going to talk to Scott. They're not going to talk to Sherry. You're the only person they'll talk to. They're just not ready to talk to somebody that they don't know or that they think is going to come down on them. They know you love them. They know you care about them. And they know that you um, want to help them. And so they want to talk to you. So let me give you 10 points, and I'm going to spend two minutes on each point. Do you all believe that? Don't doubt. <laughs> look, look, look. Believe. <laughs> Point number one. This isn't new to you. Oh, let me say this before I get into that. If you've got a question about marriage, uh, next week Scott and I are going to tag team. You ever watch tag team wrestling? Anybody watch tag team wrestling? Heathens. Listen, next Sunday me and Scott are going to tag team preach. I'm going to preach so I'm exhausted, and then I'm going to tag him, and he's going to get up here and start preaching. So y'all don't want to miss that. <laughs> y'all are out there going, really? Yes, really. And then the next weekend, two weeks from today, um, uh, Scott and I and maybe Sherry, and I'm going to see if I can drag Millie up here. We're going we're gonna to take questions, and I want you to send us questions, email questions. Next Sunday, next weekend, we're going to have a little piece of paper in your seat. You're going to get to write any marriage question you want to write down. And we're going to get up here and answer as many of those questions as we can on the very last Sunday. Any question you want to ask about marriage? Any question? Okay. All right. <laughs> Number one. Number one, here's what you got to do. Listen, everybody say, I am a marriage counselor. It kind of dropped off on marriage counselor. Y'all were like the I am, but then you dropped off on the marriage counselor. But you are. There are people who are going to talk to you about their marriage. You are, they're not going to talk to anybody else. So what is my job to do is help you help them. Y'all remember that line in the movie? Help me help you. So I feel like y'all are crying out, you know, pastor, help Help me. Okay, so number one, number one. Y'all know this. This isn't new. Pray big. Did we study a book recently that taught us to pray big? Are you still praying big? You got your circles? You still working on your circles? You still got stuff you're praying about? Look, when we preach a sermon on prayer like that, when we preach a series on prayer like that, don't, don't do it just during the sermon series. That's something we want to establish so you will work that in your life from now on. So we still have the sheets out there for you to get your, your list and put your uh, things you're praying about in your circles and pray over them. And all that is is to help you focus, help you focus on particular things. So you've got to pray for these people. Call their name specifically. Ask God to intervene in their marriage. Ask God to give you wisdom. And maybe they're talking to not just you, but they're talking to somebody else. Ask God to give other people who are influencers in their life wisdom. You've got to pray for that person. Listen to me. God has put that person in your life for a reason. You bear some responsibility. When you got saved, you were saved to serve. 
You were saved to be a blessing. You were not saved to be an island under yourself and just show up for church every week. When you give your heart to Jesus, listen to me, he's going to send broken people to you and he wants you to help them. One of the ways you help them is by praying. Try to work out situations, excuse me, where you can pray in their presence. But you also pray in your quiet time. Get by yourself and cry out to God in your quiet time for them. Send messages, send emails, send Facebook private messages on Facebook. Everybody say private. Private messages on Facebook. Don't put something on somebody's wall that goes, I heard your marriage is just falling apart. Just want to let you know I love you. I'm praying for you. Greek word for that is doofus. I don't know if y'all knew that. <laughs> don't do that. <clears throat> send, a, send an email. If you know that their email is private and they're the only one that reads their, send, send little messages, send little verses. Write a note card. Now, most guys aren't going to write a note card, but, but you ladies, you know, write that little note card. You guys, use Facebook, use email. Just let them know. Send a little message. Say, I'm praying for you today. You're going, you're going to get through this. You know, encourage them. Number two, see, that wasn't long, was it? Number two, talk little. The opposite of that is talk what? Much. Don't talk a lot. Don't talk much. Talk little. So what does that mean? Listen, how many ears you have? How many mouths? Duh. So listen, listen, listen. Listening doesn't mean simply hearing. Listening involves empathizing with that person. Listening involves seeking to understand them and expressing genuine interest in them. We're going to talk a little bit more about some listening skills here in just a minute. But listen, try not to talk. I'm a talker. I'm a talker, and so I have to reel myself in, and I have to, I have to talk to myself and go, stop talking. Listen, stop talking, listen. So, so listen to people. A lot of times, <laughs> in those times when the Lord's really helped me to listen when I'm in a session, I've had people just talk to me, and I'm just going, yes, I hear what you're saying, I understand, I understand. They might say something I don't agree with, so you've got to be really careful that you don't send the message, because I've done that by mistake before, that you send the message, I agree with you. If you don't, just go, I understand what you're saying. I understand. That doesn't mean you agree. You just understand. But I'll tell you something. I've been in counseling sessions where the more that person talked, the more they made the light bulb go off in their own head. Amen? And then after the counseling session's over, they come up to me and they say, that you're awesome. And I go, I just do what I can. I'm just here to do what I can. And I didn't really say anything. You just listen. It's amazing when a person starts pouring it out They'll pour out the answer sometimes. And they'll see it themselves. And they'll proclaim you an awesome counselor. And just look at them and smile and go, thanks. Okay, number three, no advice. Your main job is what? Listening. Leave the advice to a pastor. Leave the advice to Scott and Sherry or Scott, some people on Scott and Sherry's team. See, because here's what some of us want to do. I know how some of you are wired. You want to look at them and go, well, let me tell you what you need to do. I tell you what, just stop talking. Just stop talking. Let me just just tell you what you need to do. You do this, and then if he does that, you do this. And you do this. If she does that, then you do that, and you do that, and then come back and see me in a couple weeks. 
And then you read in the paper where they've been shooting at each other. It's because you couldn't stop giving advice. <laughs> let, the, let the people who are trained, let the people who have experience, let them be the advice givers. Now, you might become an advice giver. And I'll talk to you in a minute about how you can do that. But as a friend, um, just listen. Don't give advice. Number four, you've got to stay neutral. Even if you're not really neutral and you have an opinion, and you probably will, you can't really put that opinion out there. And here's why. You don't really know the facts, and you're really only hearing one side of the story. Have you ever had a, 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 maybe a couple in your life that was in trouble, and you talk to the guy, and you go, well, she just, man, she's just messed up. And then you say, well, let me talk to her. And you talk to her and go, well, he needs killing. You know, I mean, you just, down south, that's something we say a lot. He just needs killing. But um, uh, so, so the fact of the matter is you're hearing a slanted view. So what you can't do is you can't take sides because if you take sides, you're going to make the situation worse and don't allow your love for that person or your support for that person to be seen as an encouragement to them to give up on the marriage or to get a divorce. Matter of fact, and I'm going to say this, I'm probably going to get some flack, but a person who's having trouble in their marriage don't really need to spend a lot of time with another person who's having trouble in their marriage because you are going to feed each other and affirm each other when you need a neutral person in that situation who's going to look at you and go, that's not a Christ spirit right there. That's not the scriptures. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? So, so it's important that you are really, really careful about that. Um, your job is to help steer them toward God. That's what your job is. Steer them toward God and steer them toward the scriptures Steer them toward uh, proper help, professional, trained help. Uh, steer them toward uh, reconciliation. You want to steer them toward reconciliation. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Now, sometimes um, <clears throat> addiction's involved in marital problems. And a lot of times abuse is involved. Sometimes the abuse is a result of addiction. Sometimes guys are just abusive. And when that happens, if it's physical abuse, when that happens, you have got to make sure, and, and fortunately, um, blessed are you that you have a church that all you got to do is make a phone call. We have resources. We will help them. As a matter of fact, we have other people from other churches who call us because they know that we're going to take action and we're going to hook people up with some help. We've done it before. We've done it before many, many times. But you've got to make sure they're safe. You've got to make sure that woman is safe. And uh, so there, there are different ways to uh, react to very severe situations. If a person's addiction, addicted and, and their bad behavior and their addiction is what's causing the troubles in that marriage, they've got to be confronted they got to be confronted with that. There's got to be some confrontation, and we have some people who, who can help you with that. Number five, delete divorce. you got to get divorce out of, their, out of their vocabulary. Lead them away from the divorce option. If you don't take the divorce option off the table, uh, there's ne there, there probably isn't going to be reconciliation in that marriage. 
So you've got to lead them away from the divorce option. And here's why that's so hard. The reason that's so hard is because the culture that we live in today says, man, look, if you ain't getting along, just get you another one. Doesn't it? Doesn't our culture say that? Y'all are real tense right now. You know why we're real tense right now? Because a lot of us in here have done that, been there, done that, and a lot of us have family been there, done that, and a lot of of us have kids who have been there and done that. But I'm telling you, we, our culture today is a throwaway culture when it comes to marriage. Can I get just a little amen right there? It's a, it's a, if it ain't working out, man, just get you another one. You know what? The reason a marriage isn't working out is probably because you've got some issues. Well, if you break up with that person and you don't deal with those issues, you're going to take them into the next situation. And you say, oh, I know this one is right. This is perfect. This is the person I've been looking for. And all of a sudden, after a little while, you are having problems because the problem isn't between the two of you. It's in you and in them, and they have to deal with those issues that are inside of them. So take divorce off the table, and I can tell I'm not going to get a lot of hallelujahs right here because you are so immersed in a culture that says it's no big deal. That when a pastor preaches on it on a Sunday morning, it goes against the grain with you. The the secular culture is in the church big time. It's in the church big time. There are things, boys and girls, I'm 55, about to be 56 years old, October 16th, write that down. Um, Extra large, double bubba is what I wear. Um, Um... there were times when I could stand in the pulpit and preach on things and get all kinds of, of affirmations. As time has gone along, I can preach like I'm preaching right now, and I can feel the room tense up. You know why I can feel the room tense up? Because used to, we looked at the Word of God. Now we got the Word of God, but we're also kind of bringing in the secular culture and bringing the Word of God and kind of mixing it all up together. And then we kind of twist the Bible to make it kind of fit the culture so it doesn't make us so uncomfortable. I'm preaching right now. So, so what I'm going to do and what this church is going to do, and if you've got friends who want counseling and you hook them up with us, it's going to be Bible, brother. It's going to be Bible. And I've had people come in this church, and we ain't hiding nothing. There's a big steeple right there. I mean, a big steeple pretty much says what you are, don't it? And I've had people come in, go, I want counseling, and the minute you start talking about God, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did all this God come from? I'm a preacher. I'm a pastor. You're going to hear about Jesus up in here. Amen? And you might be sitting here today going, I don't know if I want to come to this church if you're all about Bible and Jesus. I'm telling you right now, you're going to be miserable if you don't want that because that's all we're about right here in this church. We're about Bible, Jesus. Amen. Number six, in closing. Quality counsel. Again, you've got to direct people. Sometimes you realize you're not equipped, you need some help, so you're going to direct them to first-rate help. Here at the bridge, again, we're so blessed to have Scott and Sherry. And uh, you say, I don't know Scott and Sherry, I'm new. Uh, Scott and Sherry can be reached here at the office. You can call the office here at the church, 735-5411. Scott's on Facebook, Scott Douglas Jennings on Facebook. Uh, Sherry Jennings, I think Lechner is her middle name on Facebook. You can find them on Facebook and talk to them. 
They will help you. Listen to me. We will help you. If you come to this church and you need help, we're going to help you. Now, if we realize that we're not equipped to help you, we got people we can get you to who are equipped. If you want help and you're serious about help, we will help you. I'm telling you, there is not a marriage in the world that cannot be rescued if the two people in it really want reconciliation. But it takes both. Focus on the Family offers a free counseling consult. Listen to this. You say, what's their website? It's very complicated. Focusonthefamily.com. You can, you can go online and, and you can get this number and you can call them and they will talk to you free of charge because some people don't want to talk to their pastor. Some people, this is something, if you're helping another couple, you can tell them about this. And they can call up and talk to somebody they don't know, somebody who doesn't know them, and, and help them work through some things and maybe get them connected to somebody in the area. Um, so focus on the family. Uh, they, they will uh, do a free consult, and they will refer you to somebody who they have screened in the area. Now, probably in our case, you'd have to go to Raleigh. I, I'm not sure if there's anybody here focused on the family has screened and, and put their stamp of approval on. But uh, let me ask you something. If you, had a, if you had a brain tumor, would you ride to Raleigh to get that checked out? So if you got a tumor on your marriage and you, you say, well, I ain't going all the way to Raleigh. Are you serious? We will get you a bus ticket. It's amazing to me what people will spend money on, bass boats and, and jewelry, but they're not going to spend a tank of gas to get to a counselor that can save their marriage. Give me a break. Now, I know none of you are guilty of that, but I've got to get ready for the next service. So, <laughs> number eight, I'm at number seven, mentoring team. Scott and Sherry have developed a trained team of couples within our church who are ready to mentor you as a couple. Maybe your issues aren't that bad, but you just need a, a wise couple to just spend some time with you and help you work through some issues. We have that available here. Maybe you want to be a mentor. Maybe you think you're out of place in your life. You can be a mentor. Uh, then talk to Scott and Sherry. Let's go on. Number eight, online help. Man, we are so blessed. I know you people say the Internet's just so evil. Let me tell you what the Internet is. The Internet is whatever you make it. And I love these people who go, I just don't do Facebook. It's just so ungodly. Where's that remote control so I can turn my 45-inch TV screen on? And it's whatever you make it. Facebook is a blessing. I can get 50 people praying right now because of Facebook, or I can get on there and flirt with somebody else's wife. It's whatever I make it. It's like people who want to blame the gun for the crime. It ain't the gun that commits the crime. It's the man with the gun. Did I just preach about guns? You get me a gun. Bring it to church. I'm going to get some training, though. Okay. Because um, I don't want to miss. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, websites uh, such as Family Life. Family Life is the ministry that trains Scott and sharing. Uh, there's a website called Pure Intimacy. That's a great website. Um, there's a website, Focus on the Family. Man, folks, you could spend the next rest of this year on, on the Focus on the Family website. 
It's just incredible. Um, hundreds of articles, practical advice, resource recommendations are on there. L listen to this. Focus on the Family offers a marriage forum, like a little chat room you can get in, and you can name yourself Henry Weatherwax. They don't know who you are. And you can get in there and go, I've got this going on in my marriage. I need to know what to do. And there's a professional, spirit-filled man of God, woman of God on that forum, and they will talk to you about your situation and give you advice on your situation. Isn't that awesome? And so that's a, that's a marriage forum on the focus on the family. Now, here's what we're going to have for you next week is a handout. It's going to have two sides full of tools for you. And look, we could make a handout that had 50 pages of resources. But I don't want to overwhelm you. So we're going to tell you some books, and we're going to tell you some websites, and we're going to tell you some uh, conferences and other things that we recommend that you go to. And look, uh, don't listen. There are people, I guarantee you, who saw this marriage series and went, man, they're going to talk about marriage again. My marriage is all right. Well, hey, what about somebody else's marriage in your life? What about your kids? What about your family? What about your friends? If your marriage is healthy, then help them. Why does it always have to be about us? I mean, I literally have people who call me when we're having teaching on marriage on Wednesday night and go, you got any more other classes other than the one on marriage? No. <laughs> if you're not going to come learn how to make your marriage better because you don't think you need it, then come learn how to help somebody else with their marriage. Is anything wrong with that? Say, I am. I am. A counselor. counselor. See, it dropped off on counselor right there. Number nine. Take responsibility. Now, you've got to lead that person to take responsibility. Struggling couples, a lot of times, expect their problems to just be solved without rolling up their own sleeves and getting into the fight and working with you. Now, you people who are in trouble and you want to get account, you've got to work with us. You've got to work. You've got to work. You're going against the tide. You're going against the current. You've got you to paddle hard. You can't just come whine. I know you say you shouldn't talk about people who whine. Why? I'm a whiner. Sometimes I whine. And, and, and I know that isn't helping me. And I want to tell you that, that we get together, we just don't get together and talk about how sorry that other person is. Okay, we got it. We got problems. Let's fix it. Now, I will tell you, it takes two. It takes two. And if your other half is just not going to cooperate and your other half's just, just fighting you and just hurting, then you can't do anything about that. Just be the best you you can be. Amen? Amen. And don't let them make you bitter. Is anybody hearing me preach this morning? Number 10. Oh, let me tell you about one more thing on marriage. Uh, uh, focus, uh, focus on the family. Focus on the family. Um, they have a marriage checkup, a little thing you can do together with your husband, your wife, and you take a little marriage checkup. And uh, it's got little 18 areas of marriage, and it identifies strengths and weaknesses. Let me go ahead and tell you, too. Scott and Sherry, it costs $30, but Scott and Sherry's going to be talking about um, a, a thing you can do online. It costs you 30 bucks, and you, it's, it's pretty thorough, and it kind of helps in counseling sessions, helps you work through some things by answering some questions so that your counselor doesn't have to spend nearly as much time with you because you've answered some questions in this. They'll be talking to you about that and uh, making that available to you, and I highly recommend it. Number 10, uh, excellent resources. And again, we already talked about that and how we're going to have that for you here next week. So let's go back to the Scripture. Put the Scripture back up there, guys. 
Everybody read it out loud with me. But do not forget to do good and to share. That's what we've been preaching on here this morning. What's in you isn't in you just for you. What's been taught to you in this church, what's in you isn't in you just for you. It is for you to, everybody say it out loud, to share. For with such sacrifices, nobody said it wouldn't be a sacrifice. Nobody said it was going to be convenient. Sometimes there are inconveniences when you accept the responsibility of helping somebody else. But what does it do? It pleases God. I don't know about you, but that's pretty important to me. Would you bow your head right there where you are right now? Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Has he received you? Have you made yourself available to him that he might adopt you into his family? Doesn't matter what books you read, websites you go to, until you do that, there's no real strong help available for you. So right there where you are right now, just ask Jesus to accept you, to adopt you. He died on the cross for your sins. He rose from the dead. He paid it all. I want you to look Jesus right in the eye this morning. I want you to say, Jesus, I want to be one of your children. You invited me to come unto you, and this morning I'm coming to you. And I ask you to adopt me. I ask you to receive me, Lord Jesus. Accept me into your family. I submit myself to your lordship. I know that my sin has separated me from you, and this morning I trust you for forgiveness of all my sins. I trust that you wash away all my sins. I want to be born of the Spirit this morning. I've been born of the flesh, that's why I'm here, but I want to be born of the Spirit. I want to, be, I want to receive a new life in you, Jesus. Just tell him that. Just tell him that right there, right now. Say, Lord, I want a new life in you. The Bible says when you say that to him that he will receive you he will adopt you into his family and you become a true child of God see you're not a child of God because you go to church and give money and you're not even a child of God because you work at the soup kitchen you're a child of God because you came to Jesus that's why now I want you to I want you to just pray and say father help me to help somebody just help me help somebody, Lord. I, I don't want to be just about me. I don't want to just be all about me. God, I want to be a blessing. I want to help people. Father, Pastor has challenged my heart this morning. I, I want to help other people. So put that in me today, oh God. That I will not be just about me, but I'll be about being more like you. That I'll wash my brother's feet, my sister's feet. I'll serve them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said...